Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much Welcome for joining us Welcome to another edition of the Basketball the Teacher Podcast. From, Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide always, array of topics so in the coaching world to grow players uh, on emails, and off the, the court. You, you can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach really us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. As I was just talking with my guests before we started, it's so fun to have these episodes where you can kind of thank you for listening to another edition of the basketball teacher podcast but, but make sure to connect with us on youtube game, facebook and twitter or reach us directly through email at basketball teacher podcast at gmail.com take care be safe and we'll see you next time so important and that is talking about just body positioning, feet positioning, footwork, uh, making sure your body's in the right place, having good footwork, making sure you position yourself correctly as a guard, as a post player, uh, fitting in that very crucial fundamental work of, of making sure your body's in the right place within your offensive or defensive system, I think is just so crucially important and so worth dedicating uh, an episode to. So super excited to get into this and super excited to bring on my guest. He is the Fullerton Union High School, varsity assistant boys basketball coach. Very happy to be joined by Coach Jake Rhodes today. Coach, appreciate you coming on, being able to spend some time talking to us. How are things going? It's going well. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Coach. Um, appreciate you uh, giving us a platform to talk and uh, cover some high school sports. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. Coach, let's start with your journey with the game of basketball. Where where did the game of basketball take you? Where did your coaching journey take you? And ultimately, how did you end up at Fullerton Union? Well, um, basketball took me to, uh, took, took me in at eight years old, started <laughs> playing, loved the game. That was my first love ever since. Um, played through high school, played at St. Paul High School in Santa Fe Springs, California. Um, football was probably my better sport, but I loved basketball. Basketball, just the way that five guys have to work in unison, um, a team, and each person has to thrive in their role. So that's always just been a, a something that interests me and something that I like strive to be great at. Um, from there, I started my first coaching job was a freshman assistant at St. Paul High School when I was 19. Um, my uh, high school quarterback was hired to be the freshman head coach. He asked me to help, so I helped. Um, he had some stuff going on halfway through the season, so I ended up taking over and was the freshman head coach there for uh, three full years, um, won a couple of league championships um, at the le lower level. Um, and then from there, I moved on to Long Beach Wilson, which is in Long Beach, California, uh, two lower level uh, years coaching there, freshman and sophomore basketball. And that's my first time I actually got some experience um, being an assistant in the varsity games because our varsity head coach, James Boykin, wanted all his coaches on staff for varsity games. So that's where I first got my first taste of the difference from lower level to varsity basketball on the coaching side of things. And that led me to Fullerton, where I'm entering my fourth season. Um, I was head coach for JV the last three years. That's my first full season as a varsity assistant. And again, this is just like enjoying the challenge of um, how we scout, how we prepare, the minute details in practice, those jumps that you make from lower level to varsity is what I've uh, really strived and looking forward to continuing to learn this season and beyond. I'm going to have to pick your brain real quick about being uh, about your experience being a freshman coach, because I've been there. I've, I've done mm -hmm. that before. And it is a very <laughs> unique position, I think, to be in a very mm -hmm. fulfilling one, but very mm -hmm. unique position to be in. And, and I, I was just curious about what you learned from that coaching experience being at the at the at the freshman level specifically that you've kind of used and taken with you as you continued on your coaching journey. 
I think the number one thing is uh, I've learned from coaching freshman basketball is patience. I don't think I was a very patient guy going into that. Um, but you realize that these young men, you know, you were like that, you know, you're that same age at one point. And those young guys um, tend to mature a lot from I've noticed in my years from freshman to sophomore year. So at the end of the freshman season, they're really kind of starting to come into their own as young adults and not, you know, little kids anymore. And the mindset shift of being able to help them grow into that role is really important at the freshman level. I feel like that's, and that's aside from basketball, that's just like life lesson type stuff right there is like molding them into like a good person in society. And that starts at the freshman level, I believe. And then you turn in the X's and O's and like, Sometimes some teams you're teaching how to shoot a layup, how to dribble. There's some teams that they're really advanced and that you're able to like challenge them and see how far they can go. Um, but freshman is such a wide variety of each year. A team was each year of my experience at the freshman level. Each team was completely different from one year to the next. Yeah. Just depending on how the personnel was and things like that. And you're like their first real like experience as to what like high school's like yep. high school basketball's like. And they come in mm -hmm. as these, you know, sometimes they're, they're ready for high school. Sometimes when I had had them, I feel like they're still in sixth grade at some point. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and <laughs> it's like, all right, we got to get you up to speed or let, or let yeah. you know what it's like. And it's, it's, it's just so crazy to me how you, know, you, you get these freshmen, they come in and then all of a sudden you blank and they're, they're seniors walking yep. down the podium to graduate. Yep. And it's wild. Time flies. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> before we get into our topic, I, I did want to talk about a passion of yours that you have, which is making sure that players are well-rounded individuals. So I wanted to ask about how you and, and the staffs that you've been on, how do you kind of work with your players and teach them to hold themselves to high standards and, and represent themselves well out in the community? Well, first and foremost, um, any, any staff I've been on when this topic has come up is you got to lead by example. You can tell a kid something and you probably have to tell them a hundred times, but you show them what it's supposed to look like you yourself are involved in the community you yourself are presenting uh your family and your school in the right way that's the ticket to being successful and that's something i was taught by the great uh jaron nelson if he ever hears this is my uh <laughs> my co my co-worker my fellow lower level coach at long beach wilson just had taught me so many different things about just the nuances of the game and the nuances of coaching and his motto was you have to have the utmost pride for the name on the front of your jersey and the name on the back, which obviously means your school and your last name, which is your family. And for younger guys that are listening to this podcast or coaches that hear this, um, that's those things should be the utmost important. And I know we kind of shy away from that now with, uh, especially, I don't know about where other coaches are from, but in California, we just have a lot of, a lot of moving parts, a lot of transferring where that maybe that loyalty to the school isn't quite what it once was. But if it's in your community, if it's your local public school, like, that community should matter and that name's on your chest. So those are kind of the things that we really preach. And I still preach to this day is like pride means that you're doing the best you can to represent you and your school. Well, and that's, that should be like something at that age that should be really important to these kids. And it's, it's such a, interesting time, I think to be a, you know, a high school athlete in particular mm -hmm. with uh as kind of like the, the, the recruiting pressure mm -hmm. and, and, and social mm -hmm. media and everything like that, that I think now more than ever, you know, our players really do need, you know, no, no guidance. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is such a overwhelming time. I don't know how I would do in this environment in high school yeah. if, if I was a kid now. And I think, 
you know, now more than ever, we really need people to to just sort of sort of be in their corner and support them and kind of kind of guide them kind of in the, in, the, in this crazy journey of, of being a teenager in high school athletics right now. And so right. it sounds like it's it, it's just as important for, for you and your staff to, well, what's happening off the court as it is what's on the court. Right, exactly. I mean, for, especially in, in our city of, of Fullerton, California, mm-hmm. it's a really big community. The school is the third oldest school, I believe, or fourth in the state of California. So the the community itself is just very tight knit. When we went on our we went on a CAF run to the finals in 2021, and that really showed how much the community cares about our school. And they started coming out of the woodwork. And you've got people that graduated from the school like 50 years ago coming <laughs> to games, and like that. All that told me is that we really need to project our school well because their people are watching and they care. And you should care about how you're represented. I'm not saying you have to like conform to you know whatever someone's saying about you or whatever but you should care how you look for the sake of yourself and your family your family should matter to you just as much yeah and that's a good point too like like you kind of said like you 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 never know who's watching and and like you said you represent especially in in some areas where where sports and athletics is really big and brings communities together like mm-hmm. you are are part of something so much bigger than just your team right you represent something in the community or you never know who's going to be be cut, cut, stopping by to watch you and everything like that and it's 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 re- really important i think for especially in, in, it kind of sounds like at, at at a place like fullerton as well that like players understand what it means to put that jersey on and like what that represents and all the people that that like wore that jersey before them and how much pride they probably had in having that jersey on and how much they should have in it too and you know that that idea like you mentioned right like this is you're part of something that that matters to to a lot of people in the community a lot of, a lot of people who went to the high school and um it's a really cool opportunity definitely it, it and it seems like that's something you preach to your players about um you know what what it means to put that jersey on and how much pride they should have right. wearing it Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's thousand awesome. percent. So as we get into our topic, talking about body positioning and, and, and feet positioning, I kind of wanted to to start with the kind of the diagnostic part of this and and ask you about the process of kind of building up a player's body positioning. And and so I'll start by asking, like, how do you and your staff kind of assess? where a player is at with the way that their body positioning is like and their feet positioning is like and then sort of like build a plan of what they need off of that right so like the very very base like 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 98 percent of probably coaches is when you're in like a shell drill right and you're just like you're matched up and everything before we start we look and see where everybody just comes out onto the court in like naturally right they're not even thinking they kind of just walk out and see where they stand before it starts and um, I'm not going to take credit for this. This is coach Eric Camreth. He's our head coach at Fullerton. He's taught me all this. And I, the more he's focused on these details, I'm starting to like hold on to these traits. So if I ever go to some other school, like I'm taking it with me because they've been so successful. We've been a really solid defensive team is the first thing that the players should our position wise should be is the terminology we use is top hand, top foot. So when they're in front of their, the person that has the ball, their top foot should be matched up with, their opponent's top foot and their top hand as well so they're in a position to where their body is facing the def- the offensive player and they're in a position to where they can keep them out of the middle of the floor that's like the base of our defense so whatever however you stand coming out of like into the start the drill we got to make sure everybody's already lined up and then you start the drill and then you can expand and go to like how to close out top hand top foot how to 
uh, get into the gap and how do uh, we use like terms like V to the line, which is like, you know, uh, basically like backing off of the, if your man makes the pass, you back, take a step back and then back up into the gap. That way they don't backdoor you little things, little nuances, like build off of that. But the very base is just seeing how they set up and then making sure that we're positioning ourselves in the correct manner to play our uh, defense at our best. So, so what is that when you kind of mention about like kind of like seeing where they they line up? Um, when you, what do you kind of notice from that? If you kind of just just from those initial observations, are there any like trends that you've noticed about what players will do in terms of like where they'll line up or where they're set up like initially before they even have any like guidance or coaching to that? Right, a lot of a lot of kids will first of all walk out there standing straight up, which is like my pet peeve number one. <laughs> you got to be in some kind of defensive stance. Um, but number two is a lot of, I think a lot of coaches or coaching is to force baseline. So they turn their, their body. So they're angling the person to go baseline, which like, if, if that's what you want to do, that's technically correct. But we feel like if you were doing that, you're also putting yourself in a position to not keep them out of the middle. Like you're forcing them baseline, like say from like the wing, but if they turn the corner on you and don't go keep going baseline, now you're on their hip and you're not able to get back in front until it's too late and you foul or whatever the case is. So those things are really important that you're already straight up with that foot, foot positioning, how we teach it. That way, if they try to go middle, you're able to still stay in front and move your feet laterally instead of trying to get back and get back in front from like the hip. If you're forcing a baseline, that seems to be the one thing we're trying to figure out usually um, early on or with the young guys, definitely. And so as, as, as you mentioned, you talked about, defensive stance and i know that uh, to everyone listening if they they, they hear that term uh, i would assume most coaches probably have a, a very similar idea in their head as to what that mm -hmm. means but i do want to ask specifically your, your de defensive stance what what in when you're teaching your guys about a good defensive stance um i know you mentioned uh some of it just now but what goes into to a stance that that it's gonna be effective and, and you expect your guys at fullerton to be in yeah, just definitely uh, dropping, you know, being low, being the low man, you know, always wins. We teach that in football, it's similar in most sports um, that really you're, I don't know, back, uh, butt downs, chest up, right? You know, basic stance. The, the getting low is important, but for us, what we really preach is the top is your, like I said, your top foot is matched mm -hmm. up with theirs and your top hand is up, not down, not your side and not straight in front of you up because especially at the varsity level that the way these some of these kids shoot the dang ball nowadays it's insane if your hand is down and we're teaching we're not teaching to put it up then they're just going to shoot over the top and we've well, especially this tournament this weekend we just had with a lot of young guys we were having our hands down and they're not and they're just going to shoot over the top so that positioning in the stance is really important and we also teach a lot about arms length because unless I, at least for us, I, we don't have the athlete to like be up in your grill and like, you know, closing the gap where you're like, you're just, you know, centimeters apart. So if our guys are doing that, they're probably getting blown by. I mean, real being realistic, but also we don't want to sag off because in our league, a lot of guys can shoot. So it's just the arms length. We just repeat these things over and over just to really hammer at home that they matter. And the details are really important. And, so, and that, that goes right into like, you know, just kind of uh, the idea of terminology, right? And just like words mm -hmm. or phrases 
that you could just say right away, boom, and you say it right away and, and they know, okay, like hands up, right? Arms length. Mm-hmm. They got it. And I think that's so sure. important for, mm-hmm. for, for coaching is to just have those quick rapid fire <laughs> terms mm-hmm. or phrases. You just throw there and boom, there's an instant reaction from your right. players. players know exactly what that means. And it just sounded like from that response right there, there's like four or five <laughs> that you just listed off right there where like you could say it to a player and they'll immediately, Oh, okay. I know exactly yep. what that means and, and can correct it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That's the, that's the, that you just got to simplify it a little bit. You don't want to be throwing out a, a thousand terms and like, know this, 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 and this, just keep it simple. Even, even the way coach Camrith, um teaches how to guard a ball screen, you know, it's like screen, right, screen, right. No, he just, just say right or hedge. Just one word, just simple. And we're either hedge or switch. And just one time you don't need to blah, 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 blah. I'm here. I'm here. Like it's just waste of energy. So just focus on a couple of keywords you could just use. That, like you said, it's just like a natural reaction. The kid hears the word, does it goes right into it. But um, that obviously comes with a lot of hours in the gym, a lot of practice, a lot of using the same term over and over and over again. And that's interesting. The the idea of how much the game has evolved in your answer kind of made me think about it, about the, you know, keeping the hands up, right? Where mm-hmm. I, I thought of even when I was taught, right? You have, you have your hands up for the closeout, mm-hmm. but then you can like, poof, then you can drop yeah. after that mm-hmm. if you don't have the immediate shot. But now right. it's like if they still got their their dribble, they can still shoot. Like you keep those yeah. keep those hands. If you don't keep those hands up, like oh. right. Yeah, the minute you put that, or the minute they put that hand down, they'll hit it right back up and both put the shot up. You know, yeah. it's not it's not like oh he put his hand down. I guess I got to move it. Like oh he put it down. Okay, I pull it now. Free I'm light. not set. I'll pull it down. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll shoot forty of these things. And if we make you know fifteen of them, we had a good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and that that's just that's yeah. just the difference. The difference evolution of the game, and especially at the high school level. Hmm. Um, when it comes to defensive stance, and again, I'm, 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 I'm probably dating myself thinking about some of the things that I, I used to used to have done or, or whatever. I'm, I'm thinking of the old traditional, like defensive stance, mm-hmm. um, um, foot fire, um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the slide, you know, left, right foot fire, stop, you know, stance sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. is that, is that have a, a, any place anymore? Is there, is there any, is there any things that you do chopping your feet or things of that nature? Does, is that, is that part of, part of what happens anymore for, for you or your program or, or is that, uh, is that a relic? At the varsity level, we don't really work at that because we would like to think if you're there with us, you could hopefully slide your feet. But you'd be surprised at some of the slower level guys that do do those drills and they're clicking their heels like a horse or they're like the bunny they, hops. They, I remember, <laughs> bunny, oh yeah, crossing their feet and falling. I mean, there's you see some of these younger guys like they need the basics first. So like definitely the lower levels. I I mean I know when I was at least a freshman and JV coach, I spent a lot of time on defensive slides and like stance and positioning just so they like had that base so when they go to varsity they don't have to work on it however like we do teach um just shoulders width on the slides and you know just staying in a stance not popping up when you're off the ball or whatever but like to actually work on slides the varsity level we don't really do it maybe we should because we need to help keeping guys in front but um as of now uh we're expecting the lower level guys to do that so that should be like a freshman thing i would like to think yeah. And, uh, it's, <laughs> it's tough though. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, man, do I got to spend time on, on this? Yeah, but yeah you do. Yeah, you <laughs> because... you got to keep somebody in front of you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I remember, I've, I remember being in positions where I would, you know, try and go over like man defense when I was even coaching at, at the freshman level. And I had a lot of assumptions as to what, you know, our girls could do footwork wise, and then try to try to <laughs> talk about these man to man principles and try and, you know, help side this, that mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, you know, these girls get blown by because their, their footwork is completely right. not where it needs to be. And it's like, but that's on me. Cause like I made assumptions and I shouldn't mm-hmm. have made those assumptions. And now 
like I, I don't anymore. <laughs> like, like we got, if we got to put in a lot of work on, on footwork and, and all that, like it is what it is. Right. You got to, got to do it. Um, yeah. so kind of on the, on the, on the opposite side of, of offensive for footwork, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the expectations. I want, I want to break this down into kind of like the, the, the post versus guards expectations. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of start with, with post. Cause I think that that's kind of the one that we kind of traditionally think about is, is post getting the ball and then mm-hmm. uh, using their feet and making moves or, or whatever decisions mm-hmm. they make with the ball in their hands. So I wanted to ask you first about what are your expectations for your post players um, when they get the ball in terms of the moves and the decisions they make with their footwork? The way I teach it, because I, I I work with our posts at, at the varsity level now, um, is I don't need, at, at least for us, we don't have a ton of like back to the basket type guys. So I don't need the 17 move and one package in the post. I just need two or three. We're, we're working on a drop step, we're working on a jump hook, and maybe we're working on like a face up from this like short corner, one dribble to the basket type move. For me, what I need them footwork-wise to be able to master, not just do okay, master, and I preach them all the time, is the ability to jump twice. I tell them a good big man can always jump twice on the same possession as in the sense that if there's a, say, you get the offensive rebound, you put it back up and you miss, you got to be able to go back and get it and put it up again. We can't just settle like, oh, I jumped once, and now the other guy's going to out-jump me the second time. So you're constantly working on, in the weight room, working on, explosiveness working on footwork in the weight room and with our we have like a like a we call like a like a like a personal trainer but like just like a group that like trains in agility and things like that so things of that nature with the with the guys especially with our bigger men just so like they're not like i have a lot of guys that feet their feet are like cement blocks like they just (laughs) they do not want to get off they can only get off the ground maybe once and i just think that it's really crucial that we're our bigs are active and active could be with your arms and also needs to be with your lower half as well. So um, like post offense wise. Yeah. Like we do work a little bit on, I mean, my, I, I like to teach a good drop step and maybe like a jump hook. Um, but I'm more like the defensive end rebounding. Um, I think you have to be able to jump multiple times in a possession. So that's what I kind of focus on with them. Um, so a player gets, gets the ball in the post, as you mentioned, not, not mm-hmm. doing a whole lot back to the basket, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, the 17, yeah. you know, combo moves, how quickly, how quick do you would you say a post player has to make it if they're going to make a move? Uh, how, how many, how, how how quick do they get to make that decision before they I, better be doing something else? I give them about a second, maybe a second and a half if I trust them. Like you catch chin, chin and check, which is our ter- like terminology, like you know, get your chin, check it, feel, and if you feel he's on your left, go right. If he's on your right, go left. If not, we're kicking it back out. Mm-hmm. We just are. We just like we don't have a lot of sets of things going to like like posting up so if i throw in the post and it sits there for three seconds it's either getting stolen or we're getting nothing out of it so i might as well gotta be a quick decision you feel see what you got you don't got it don't force it just throw it back out let's reset let's get into Mm -hmm. like another back into our offense we run the dribble drive so it's not like a lot of posts is in there anyway um but in the past we've had to have a couple like um my first two years at fullerton we had a a really good six six center but he didn't he had a he had a drop step and that was probably his only move um but he was really good at it and he was good able to seal well so that was kind of his bread and butter back to the basket wise but um yeah it's I, we don't there's not a lot of time <laughs> in the phone we're not sitting it keeping it in there for 
you know, backing it down for like 70 <laughs> dribbles and then trying to go over somebody. We just don't have that kind of personnel. I, 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 don't, I don't think a lot. I don't think much of basketball is, is that way yeah. anymore anyway. So I don't think right. you're, you're on an island. Um, yeah. You did mention rebounding, though. You mentioned about mm-hmm. defensive positioning. So, of course, I'm going to have to ask you about uh, rebounding, mm-hmm. boxing out, all that good stuff. So yeah. uh, talk to me about what you teach about getting good positioning on the boards, getting a good rebound. What What's uh, – What's what's the, uh, the the secret, so to speak, or what, what are the teaching mm-hmm. points you give to your guys about their positioning for that? The number one thing I tell them is we can't watch. Like We can't just stand there watching, hoping it's going to come to us. We have to go initiate the contact. And that's the, the beauty of, especially with my bigs, the beauty of being a big is getting to be physical. You know, we're not on the perimeter. We need to go find, use your forearm to check, you know, check where they're at. And then it's you turn around and box out. But it's not just turning around and keeping them there your goal is to drive drive them away from the basket and if one of our guards could pick it up better if not you drive back and then jump to the rebound chin it which keep the ball at your chin and then look for the outlet or if you're a like one of our like a point forward type then i mean you can bring it up yourself but um my big thing is like we can't just look up and just kind of go get it no matter we got i mean no matter how big you are you need to just box out and chin and squeeze the ball. That was like this weekend. I'm just like having flashbacks right now. You've got to like, they, a lot of our guys were getting the <laughs> rebound and bringing it down. That's like mm-hmm. my number oh, one. No. I'm getting flashbacks. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my number one like thing. I, I tell them out all the time. And you just got to get to know like we have to chin the ball and squeeze it because nowadays a lot of the little guards are sticking around back there trying to poke one out, you know? So you got to like be strong with the ball. So boxing out wise, it's definitely stepping into the man, feel where he's at, and driving him away from the basket. That's that's kind of like the way I I work on them, work on it with them. So one of the one of the funniest things we just talked about, you know, that 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 terminology, though those one or two word phrases or words you can mm-hmm. just throw right out. And I I can't tell you the amount of time my girls probably hear me yell the word squeeze at them so much <laughs> on, on rebounds because no, it's the exact same. Chin the ball, <laughs> get it under there, squeeze it, you know, outlet, mm-hmm. and let's. But it's 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 not something at least in my experience there's a couple things and i'll let you speak to it it's it's mm-hmm. not something that they i think a lot of them are taught before they get there it's not something right. that they're they're used to is bringing the ball up high i think it's mm-hmm. just not something that they instinctually do and another and i don't know if this is guys and girls side or or um both or either or but that initiation of contact i mm-hmm. think is something that is takes a while for players to to really i think i don't know if it's buy into or get but mm-hmm. i i think there's just that hard wire of shot goes up looking at the ball maybe mm-hmm. trying to like get to somebody but not finding someone to hit find someone right like mm-hmm. i'm just oh God, i'm like in coach mode right yeah. now telling yeah. you, like, find somebody yeah put something on there but it, but it also sounds like that's something you you guys face too of that needing to like really teach that because it's not something that they're going to naturally do or think to do on their own. Right. You just hit on the head. It's not, I don't think it's just not natural. Like you see the ball go up and one of two things, either you want to go get, you want to go get it yourself, which is good. Um, but it's not conducive to be getting rebounds every single time, because what if it takes a second bounce on the rim? Now you're in the air and you didn't box anybody out. Right. Or whatever the case is. So I I just think it's really crucial that we make, that we make contact. And like, I've been preaching, harping on the guys for that that go i'd rather us box out box out box out and then the ball roll out of bounds or something at this point because i just don't see us making physical contact and i think that's going to help us down the road um and then another thing too that i noticed as well especially with the guys coming up i don't know if this is being taught like when they're younger 
but a lot of guys want to get the ball and go, which is depends who you are personnel wise. But when you grab and start dribbling right away, you have no idea who's in front of you. By the time you look up, are you being pressed? Are they set up in something? So now you're in, and then you then you're picking it up. Now you got a dead ball, as opposed to like you said, squeeze the dang thing, look up and see what's there, and then play. So that's the thing that needs to definitely that we've been harping on them for, and we're hoping is cleaned up before season goes. Gets yeah, going. and I think that 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 is a real big thing to emphasis uh, for for coaches listening out there is man, if if for for players who they get that rebound or whatever the case, unless there's somebody skilled with the ball. I know for me, if they get the ball and they just start pounding the ball, like that's mm-hmm. the easy one of the easiest ways to get sit, seated next to me. Mm-hmm. Cause ah, well, what oh, yeah. are we like? Cause yeah, and, but that takes session. time. That takes, <laughs> yeah. it takes time to build. I think for players to, to realize when they squeeze the ball and they get the ball under their chin, how much control they have. And I, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of them think that they, that they don't have that, Mm-hmm. you know, level of control. But if you're squeezing that ball and you're chinning it, like not, nothing should happen. Like it is yours. Right. Like, right. and you are in control. They, they hit of you what foul, so just be uh, strong yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. And, but that kind of goes into that, that idea of, mm-hmm. you know, body positioning, you know, you got your elbows out, mm-hmm. like, you know, whew, you, you got it. You got that sort of thing uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, on, on the guards end, when you're, when mm-hmm. you, I know you said you mostly work with posts, but obviously you're working with mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you think about like good footwork uh, and what you need out, out of a guard, um, and there's so much that can go into it. You can talk mm-hmm. about, you know, obviously uh, in a half court set or out, out in transition or, or finishing at the basket. I know this is a wide open question, but um, yeah. just kind of in the general sense, when you think about a guard who has good footwork, what what does that look like? And, and what do you and the staff kind of do to build up your guards footwork and, and body positioning? Well, we have like a two faceted drill that I love and have coached. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not the, only, we're not the only one that does it, but um we do think we do a one-on-one closeouts and we spread them either on the wing or the corner. And those help both sides of the ball. The, the, the base of the drill is defensive to like, like we talked about earlier, working on closeout, top hands off, all the verbiage that we talked about earlier, but offensively, it also gives you the opportunity in three dribbles or less to be able to create space, whether it's working on a jab or working on a sidestep or working on um, manipulating the defender, like with your eyes or with the ball, and just being able to create space and working on that um, during that drill. So like defensively focus on those, that end, but it's like a two faceted thing where like both sides get a little bit of work on something that they can use in the game. So I think um, that's one of the drills we mainly use that I would say that um, gives our guards an opportunity to uh, work on using their footwork to create space and give themselves a better angle to get to the basket. And they trying to get to the basket, whether it's the layup or the driving kick. A lot of, um, I think, work is 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 kind of really been done, especially like like recently with uh, just that like initial like step even mm-hmm. or that initial like you get it. What, what's that? That you know that 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 jab style or working mm-hmm. off like your pivot or things mm-hmm. like that. And it's 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 so fascinating to me stuff that like I think in some cases for for us as coaches can seem so. Um, like rudimentary or or, mm-hmm. or so basic, but I, I think just working with your guys on that, you know, just an initial, like I said, that initial jab step or the way that you mm-hmm. establish your pivot, pivot foot or use that pivot right. foot to get off that first step like that, that it, it's, it, it pays so much dividends. <laughs> I think the, that just that work. And the pivot is like, I didn't realize how difficult it was for some people to, to grasp. Like the, our kids. Why, why do you think times, that is? I, I don't know if it's just not being, hot when they're younger but when we go to like a jump stop and then trying to reverse pivot and they go the opposite you say reverse pivot and they go the opposite direction it's like 
wait, that's that's not that's not what I said. Like, go do it this jump stop here, go off this foot and reverse pivot so you hit the guy on the trail or whatever the case is, like whatever the drill is. And it's just like the 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 idea is not even in their brain, let alone teaching how to do it. And it seemed like you said, it seems such like a gen, generic generic like you know skill to have. But like I, I my example, and I tell this to people all the time, was I I one summer I coached travel ball out here because Coach Camreth said you should try it, and I don't I just I like high school kids a lot better but um going to my one of my games i'm waiting for this game before stand and it's eight you and this kid comes down on a break one-on-one it's a beautiful euro step eight years old i'm like wow that's impressive goes back down two possessions later he's coming back again on the break they there's two it's like one on two or three defense like walls up he tries a euro through three and travels it's like he he can do a euro but he can't jump style (laughs) or he can't bring it back out he's eight Right. I mean, that's young. And so I'm just that, that seeing that happen, like when that when I watched that game, I was like, maybe that's just the euros being taught before the jump stop, which that's like, I don't know, that's like the backwards thinking, in my opinion. But um, maybe that's just what, what's happening now is the, the lower levels are so lower. Younger kids are so skilled, but they don't have the basics down first. I and, got a lot of players, though, to, to your point, who really don't who really struggle using using that jump stop or landing mm-hmm. solidly on two mm-hmm. uh you know whether it's you know even in, in transition you know using that like like jump stop or a little like hop step or whatever mm-hmm. that is like it's it's not it's something that is they, they all know i think <laughs> they all know yeah. it's effective they they all know they all know like how to do it what the purpose of it is how it works but when it comes to actually like putting it in in a game situation it's it's really not something that they'll go to unless right. it's something you just work on repeatedly and i think it's, it's so that's crucial just, though yeah yeah no it, there, so there's so, so much you can do with it and just even from just having that and you just talked about you know things in the weight room you know get off two mm-hmm. feet that strong base and everything mm-hmm. there's so much you could do off of that but it's not something again like like you kind of mentioned either it's not being taught or it's just something that isn't maybe just doesn't look as exciting mm-hmm. or, or, or right. as interesting as, as, as some other moves, but, but it's, it's something I think as coaches, we should definitely like always keep encouraging um, right. and all, and always keep doing. Um, but that's interesting. You said that was what eight you. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And the only reason I know how agey was is because of like looking at the game schedule, like, oh, it was eight you in front of me. And then I see it I said like, I'm telling you like Mike, that Euro step was gorgeous, like beautiful, like perfect almost <laughs> at that age. And then we couldn't, couldn't hit a jump stop and then uh, yeah that's funny like you you, you were like you got this down but you didn't get yeah, the, that, you get, that lesson how'd you, get, how'd you get there but not here that doesn't make sense. i don't know Makes yeah that's 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 <laughs> funny um where how important obviously it's very important so i guess is a better worded question would be where does uh precise footwork body movement where does it come in most importantly in terms of what you uh, and your staff run on offense? How important and where do those precise body movements and footwork really come into play with uh, the action you guys are running on offense? Uh, footwork is might mm, it might be the most important part of our offense. We're we're installing the dribble mm-hmm. drive this year. Like oh, okay, earlier. yeah. So our guys are having which it's just the personnel. We don't have like I said, we don't have a true we don't have a true big. We have a lot of length. But our our guys that are like six four six five aren't posts. They're better on the on the wing and in space. So we're kind of using this to like uh, create lanes for them. But they're breaking the mold of you know in our old offense. It was just like a motion offense or whatever. And you just were used to you know sliding to the corner or 
uh, cover or we used to call cover. You can come over the um, trail behind the driver and they, you know, can reverse pivot and kick. But now they're trying to learn how to catch the ball on the run. And that has been a little bit of a challenge. They're getting better, but it's just breaking that habit of catching the ball in a split and catching it going downhill, not, you know, side to side. And just those little things that they didn't have to do before they're learning now and they're getting better. And I think we'll be okay when it gets really going. Um, that has been a little bit of a, of a challenge. So I think them getting that footwork down and catching on the run um, and catching it in this, catching the, the, the handoff in the split is going to be crucial for us because I mean, this weekend, like I said, back to this weekend, um, when we ran it right, we got great looks, but when we catch it stationary and then try to make a move off the pitch, it's travel or it looks like mm. a travel. They're going to call it. Call it. Yeah. So if you catch on the split on the run, you're, Momentum's moving forward and it doesn't look like a travel at least. So you're got a good chance of getting downhill. And then you're not just going laterally and getting it stolen from you. You're going downhill with purpose. Defense collapses. We got shooters in the corner and all that good stuff that everybody else does. But um, I think this season in particular, as we're learning this offense, the the uh the footwork is gonna be crucial, absolutely crucial. What do you think then as you try to like think as as the season starts going, is going mm-hmm. to have to be either emphasized or worked on in your your practices as you're getting this offense going what are you going to have to be intentional with in terms of how you're teaching and implementing the offense to make sure that you know the, the footwork and everything looks right well what we started to do and i think we'll be doing the entire season is a lot of our we do a lot of shooting stuff before like early like early in the practice and then we obviously do some shooting towards the end with fatigue um and a lot of those shooting drills were know slide and cover and drift and like sliding you know for the kick but i think what we got to do is being able to incorporate those shots into catching it on the run catching in that split so being able to catch off the pitch and if the defense goes under you're able to catch get the footwork down and get the shot off or um catching it getting downhill jump stop our favorite (laughs) thing there in the Mm -hmm. paint and then kick to another guy on the other side so um, a lot of our shooting drills will come, will incorporate incorporate um, the footwork side of getting a shot off in this offense. So I think that's probably where the most of the focus will go, I would imagine. Um, and then obviously as we get the basics of this down, it, it won't be so vanilla and it'll be more um, action and sets out of, out of the formation basically. And, but as, as we just kind of talked about initially, so important to get that initial Right, work in right base. those initial bases and in. you don't want yeah. to be reteaching that stuff later when you try to move on no, to, you know the next few steps after. exactly yeah let's put it this way we have a kind of one set that we use it's mainly just been dribble drive dribble kick dribble kick dribble handoff pitch it's it's there's, <laughs> been, there's not a whole lot of it's not a whole lot of like creativity right now it's and we're still kind of figuring it out so that's how it goes it's keep going patient and um continue to work at it and don't shy from it. that's really like the, the most advice i could give on it. if you're teaching anything new yeah, a hundred percent. Especially, just especially if it's just a you're putting something in new and mm-hmm. you're letting them be successful and like get the initial parts down, mm-hmm. and because then I think that confidence then grows for the next actions that you want to put in or the next right. wrinkles you want to put in. But if they don't see that confidence in the, just the the initial steps, the initial things they're trying to do, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can confidently move 100%. on to anything else. And and I don't think they're ready either. Right, no, a thousand percent. You're spot on uh, right there. 
What about uh, defensively? Is is this new defensive system, or or is this going to be running the same? And and no, where does that uh, footwork? I mean, it's defense. I know it's important, but where <laughs> where in particular you you really emphasizing good footwork and movement on your defense? Uh, defense is really important. It's a main focal point of our our head coach, and um, it's been the same as long as I've been there. So um, I know it'll be similar. I would say feet uh, feet, feet and body positioning are extremely important. Um, defensively, I would take a more philosophical approach and say what's most important is a will and like mindset of, okay, this is who I'm guarding tonight. We're not playing, we're not throwing some junk zone or anything, any like random thing, like zone defense to play. Like I'm guarding you, it's me and you, and I'm not letting you score on me, I think is the first mental part of the game where that's like should matter to you that your man isn't scoring on you. And then secondly is like where you place yourself so you have a chance to be successful in accomplishing that goal of not letting so-and-so score on you so I, I would say it's it's a up there first or second i would say and where you place yourself and where you set yourself up to be successful so you're making your life relative as easy as possible yeah and have you uh in in your time there have you added any more um has there been any additional like wrinkles or anything that, that you've kind of refined or done with the defense or has it kind of stayed exactly or relatively the same in in, in all your years that you've been I there mean, we're we're a man defense through and through. Yeah. We yeah. do um no, we do have a couple of like uh rotate like we've had a couple of presses, like a like a man press, a run and jump. We ran a I inst- installed a two two one zone press two mm. years ago that I learned from when I was at Long Beach and we had a little bit of success in that. Um, but like in the half court, it's it's we're locked up. Um we our coach, I'm I'm not I don't know if I could speak enough on it because I haven't coached it too too much, but um our coach has a uh, a matchup zone that he's ran, and that okay. actually, that matchup zone got us to the to the finals. I mean, it it was one one blown assignment one time in the zone is what mm-hmm. lost us the game. Um, so it, other than that, it had been it had kept us in it. So it's uh, I'm just not versed enough to like fully mm-hmm. explain how it works, but I'm sure a lot of these coaches could. Um, but that would be the only variant we probably have. Other than that, um, we're we're if you can't guard somebody, you're not playing. So if you can't keep <laughs> front, that's just tough luck for you, I guess. No, I love, <laughs> love the mindset. No, I love the, uh, love the man though, man, mm-hmm. man to man defense. That that's yeah. awesome. Uh, let me ask about in, in kind of a general sense, what, mm-hmm. what do you think coaches can be doing in their practices to make sure that they are getting that work in on their players' body positioning and feet positioning, while also at the same time working on all the other things that they need to. How, how can a coach kind of make sure that 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 you know body positioning, feet positioning, and and that 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 still is a point of emphasis while they're trying to get all the other right. things in their practice plan done? I think timing timing is important in the season. So like in your fall, in your in your uh, spring, definitely in your summer is the time to really put your eggs in that basket and focus on those things um, throughout, even if you have to use a whole couple practices to do so, that's the time to really don't be afraid to like, I broke this down like six times. They still don't get it. It's important. Break it down again until they can get it down. You have to, you have to, this is something that you have to become muscle memory and you can rep, like you said, with a keyword and they instantly get to write what you need. So this is the time to do it now in season. I know it's hard, you definitely want to incorporate it. Like I said, in some drills that we do, we have like a, like I said, one, one from the wing, we have a drop drill that teaches how to drop mm-hmm. uh, p- positioning wise and drop baseline, um, drop a, and take that pass away. Um, but, and then obviously amongst your 
you probably got to do some scout and game plan and stuff like that. So I'd really spend your off season time. This is, don't worry about teaching 15 sets in the summer, like work <laughs> on, have a basic offense and focus on these little minute details because they will pay dividends for you when the games really count in February. Yeah. Uh, but I love my sets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> nothing, wrong with, nothing wrong with it, but yeah. there's a time and place that's, that's for season. I think in the off season, in the off season, you definitely focus on the, the minute details and anything, whatever your team needs. But actually, if you're doing like footwork and body positioning, take the, take the time. Especially the time. it's kind of like you said, summer off season, very, very habit building times, mm-hmm. you know, real, real times to really get those foundational pieces in. And, and I think that we really feel in the fall, right before the season tryouts or whatever, we really feel that time crunch. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, if I needed to spend a lot of time on body positioning and foot positioning as the mm-hmm. season comes up and I'm, I, I'm going to feel so overwhelmed right. trying to get that in now. And, and yeah. I think, you know, just spending that time in, in, in the summer and, you know, mm-hmm. just really doing that, that yep. groundwork, you're going to feel like so much better in the fall. If you're like, Oh man, I'm right. so glad we spent all this time yes, doing this exactly. in the summer. We feel so much more ahead. I feel having all that done. Um, mm-hmm. Now I know because you mentioned it a couple of times. I, I, I think it, ties in pretty nicely to the subject i want to ask you about uh what what do you and and your guys uh do in the weight room what what do you think is uh the importance of the weight room uh for a basketball player and how does that kind of translate into um you know having good uh lower body strength having having you know a, a good physical presence that you can do all this stuff that we're talking about right so i think what i've learned especially now that i'm been at Fullerton we have like I said that's great like team that works on agility and like and body strength and things of that nature um so for me like when I used to like freshman coach take the freshman to the weight room for basketball doing football lifts was a huge mistake that's all I knew I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know you know I would go from football to basketball so I never did the basketball workouts I didn't know any different I go to Fullerton and it's a lot of lighter weight it's a lot of uh fast twitch type training a lot of you know using bands both for shoulders and for legs, um, plyo boxes, all those types of things that don't, you don't need to be, you don't need to be pushing two plates on the bench. Like that's not going to do you any good for basketball. No one wants a stiff, like you need to be physical, you need to be physical and strong, but you need to be flexible as well. So a lot of our workouts include like, uh, I mean, we go like a lot of squats, but like lightweight, a lot of, like I said, the plyo boxes and we have like these, uh, like medicine balls and these, uh, I don't know what they're called but they're like a little like a little ball that has like a little bit of um it's not fully stable and if you do like footwork like toe taps off of it or like side lunges off of it it's just like things that like activate and strengthen your ankles and hopefully your, your knees and your hamstrings that way you're able to be explosive on the court it's interesting to kind of hear hear you talk about i think that there's sometimes a misconception uh you know like oh it's a male athlete or whatever weight room right. is weight room like put them in the weight room do you mm-hmm. know you know have them you know just do the bench press all the time pump or, iron, pump iron. Know, i mean yeah. it's not like it's not it's not conducive for basketball it, it, i mean it, it help it can help but it's not the best solution it's doable but it's not the best solution football you need to have that on so you don't get hurt basketball you need to be able to to be able to jump high and be able to move quickly and move quickly laterally so i think that's where those differences lay lie yeah and and with that and i want to and i want to get kind of your thoughts on this i think that 
I know I've over the over the past few years, I've really start, tried to put a lot of intentional focus on um, kind of like stretching in the way that legs mm -hmm. and, and focusing on the legs and, and, and calves and feet and ankles. And I think I've, I've done had to do a lot more work on that the recent years because I, 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 I just really have gotten uh, very uh, frustrated for my players in terms of like lower body injuries, mm -hmm. knee issues, ankle issues, foot issues. And and I don't know if it's kind of something you've noticed as well, yeah. but I know that no, that's had sure. to be something I've really had to emphasize. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, just doing stuff in the weight room that targets, you mm -hmm. know, building up that lower body right. uh, along with whatever it is that you're doing as, as your stretching routine or getting, getting your players going. Cause mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know about you, but uh, our players, man, they're, 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 those <laughs> lower body things, they, they, linger. they, 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 yeah, they, they linger and they're just mm -hmm. something they're always dealing with. And it sounds like it's kind of, unfortunately something you, you have the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. We, I mean, we're really adamant about like the stretching that you, like we cut carve out time for practice to make sure that they get a good, good stretch things that activate those muscles we give them time to roll out before practice that doesn't count as practice time like you need to get in and roll out see the trainer um but like i said the thing about that agility like training group is that they they have um they're contracted to do all the sports but they know what sport comes at what time and their workouts are based on what's good for that type of athlete so those things are really helpful and like you mm -hmm. said like activating um you know, the strengthening their ankles and activating their hamstrings and their quads and like little things like that, that'll help them on the court and hopefully make them stronger in those areas. Um, that, that team that helps us with that at our school has been really crucial in uh, improving hopefully the health and hopefully that, that shows up when we play, um, you know, the 28 game schedule this year. 28 games. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's, yeah. It's, whew. That is, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many tournaments either you got in there too, yeah, but three we'll be, we'll be near you. Actually. We're going to um, cactus high school in, uh, around Chris after, after Christmas. And it says, I think it's in, in Glendale or Phoenix, I believe. Glendale cactus cobras. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, our coach is from Arizona. So he, he's familiar. I'm just, I'm all along for the ride and hopefully try and get some. You're, you're just showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? There are worse places to be in, in December <laughs> than, than, than Arizona. Yeah, like a lot of said. people like coming by here. Yeah, that's no. what he said. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of tournaments that, that are come our way nationally in December. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, that's always fun for me to check mm -hmm. those out. That's really cool. That's awesome. A uh, yeah. couple, couple more things here before, mm -hmm. before we wrap up that I was, I just wanted to get your thoughts on. I'm, I'm curious yeah. about, out. And one of them is um, you talked about about post work, right? And you're mm -hmm. do, doing work with the post work. And I'm curious about post work defensively. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how much you see in terms of back to the basket players, but obviously players or coaches are going to throw the ball in the post at, at some point. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about how much emphasis or how much work do you work on in terms of like post defense, body positioning and footwork or what you expect out of your guys uh, there, there on the low block or, or guarding the post? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I spend more time definitely in the summer on those things. Mm -hmm. Now, if we have a matchup and we scout and there's a guy like we'll spend some time during that, those couple of practices for that game. Um, but the way I preach to them, and I think I don't know if it comes back from my, my football background is about the lower half, uh, the lower man usually wins. Now I'm not saying like get underneath a six ten guy. Cause you probably going to get just shot over, but I'm by, when I say that, I mean, use your lower half, use a forearm. Don't, extend but just keep him in the mid like keep it in the middle and try your best to drive him using your legs not your arm and keeping him off the block out of his spots that he's comfortable in so i feel like you you match fire with fire is like they're feeling for where you're at 
you're you're telling them where you are, but you're trying to drive them away from the spot that they want and keep them off their spot. So I know like when you're talking to post on offense, you're just like, you know, do you work early? Get to get to where you your spot on the floor and those things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Defense is trying to, to counter that. You're trying to keep him away from where he wants to go and put him, you know, six feet or six inches off the block or, you know, eight inches, whatever it is. So he's not catching it where he can just turn around and go. So it's just, I think it's a lot about using your lower half and especially our, our center, our centers are, if you want to call them that, or our big, our forward, that's a like only bruiser we have, if you want to call it that he's like six foot. So, I mean, he's a little, yeah, the six, five guys don't want to be down there, but he's six foot and he'll bang and he's our best rebounder six foot promise you. Um, and he's, he just knows how to use his leverage and, um, you know, plays that to his advantage, especially when he's outmatched and he's outmatched a lot. So, um, that's kind of like, I kind of use the physicality approach. I don't like I said, football background, but I don't think, I don't think you, I've been, I've been taught and seen where you don't make contacts so they, so they can't feel where you're at, I guess. But I feel like you're just letting them, okay, they're not going to catch. And if it's like a seven, eight inch height advantage, it's, it's over. As soon as they catch it, you're done. So you got to get, if they catch it where they, where they want it, you're done. So you've got to get them off that spot. That's kind of like the, the process I go through when I'm working with them in the summer. Well, it's, it's kind of, I guess the, 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 the mentality, right. Of like, if you don't, either you make contact or contact will be made with mm-hmm. you sort of, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And which, mm-hmm. which side of the coin would you rather be on? Right. Would you rather be the one like who has to react or would you rather be like proactive? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I get the sense that the six foot guy you're talking about, he's probably pretty proactive. He's yes. He's, he's, pro- he's just, you can take out the pro too. He's just active. He's always around the ball. Like that, I, I love coaching that kid. He's a hard worker. He, um, he doesn't have a whole lot of basketball experience, but he's worked his way up to varsity you know, so, I mean, he's doing a great job and um, he's a good character kid too, but just the, you got, yeah, I mean, I was, I was in my experience, I was a six, two post as well. My high school, we were, I was the tallest guy on our team, but I was kind of similar in that way, a little heavier, a little more physical. And um, that's what I had to use to my advantage. I, you know, if you're not going to be able to block a guy at six, eight, you got to keep him out of the paint and out of uh, where he wants to be. So this kid, this kid uh, does that just as, just as well. Oh, that, that's, that's really cool. I, I would love to see, I need to see like film on that play. I, yeah. need, I, need, to, I need to see that guy out there just, yeah, just getting boards and, and just just dominate. Now that's, <laughs> that's so place. much fun. That's so much fun. Um, <laughs> last question before we hit our concluding segment. And, and this mm-hmm. is kind of in general in terms of um, it, advice. If you mm-hmm. kind of knowing what you know now about um, everything, you know, about uh, body positioning, footwork, things of that nature, um, if you were to give advice to a coach who's maybe taken over a program for the first time and, and maybe hasn't really considered a lot about, you know, like that sort of thing, what, what would you tell a coach would be maybe the number one thing they should either maybe look at or work on, or just kind of pay attention to when it comes to uh, coaching or assessing or teaching like foot positioning what would you say like this is something coach that you really want to pay attention to and make sure that your guys or girls got down you want to i think the number one thing is where you put your foot in your hand is number one top hand top foot thing that we've been talking mm-hmm. about all the show and preaching that you're where you're standing i know it's kind of hard to not like visually see it but you want to keep them you want to be keep them in front of you and you don't want to turn them to a side and when they make the jab, your first move isn't open up your hip because now there's a lane. Your your first move is to go straight back and then come back to if he doesn't make a move. 
those two things will will make your life so much easier because now you're keeping guys out of the paint. When you keep guys out of the paint, it makes your help not you know you're not relying on your help to save you and then leave corner shooters open. So if you can just focus on those two things to really hammer home keeping the ball out of the paint, it'll make your whole defense just mm. function better, more efficiently, and it'll just make your life easier as a coach and hopefully some not as many gray hairs. <laughs> no, I, yeah, hopefully. No, hopefully. no, no. I think I think that's I think that's really solid. Um, and again, just kind of going back to what we talked about, like just something mm-hmm. like that. That if you get that established with that sort of positioning right away, then mm-hmm. like you avoid a lot of uh, hopefully frustration later. Right, <laughs> and right. and and you can just kind of build off of that. So no, I I totally agree. Uh, to wrap up, coach, there's a couple of questions I ask uh, every guest. So I'll go mm-hmm. ahead and start here with this first one, which is. Um, Thinking back on your coaching career, Ed, and mm-hmm. this could be recently or any level and, and any any point of your coaching career, mm-hmm. uh, what is a moment from your coaching career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? You know, um, oh, that's a great question. I think first and foremost, um, when I was at uh, St. Paul High School and I was 19 years old and trying to figure it out. The one like like my very first team, we started off the season 0 and 9, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing, right? Like obviously I'm I'm not I'm not cut out for this. And we had a practice where um the, you know, we it was a good competitive practice and the guys were like trying to reassure me, like, oh, you know, coach, we got you, like this is it, we're gonna do fine. Right. And then they they go on to win that game next game. So we got our first win, and then we go rattle off ten in a row. And my thoughts to that, to, for that part of it, like, again, I, I'm a lot, like, I'm, I think a lot about the game, like mental, mental side of it mm-hmm. is that you're, you're a team, right? You're, you have your, your players and your staff is a team, but you and your players are also a team and you guys work off each other and support each other and um, try to keep the negativity out of it as much as you can. Those guys, those kids, I mean, they're 14, I'm 19. If you put it in perspective. Oh, wow. they, they they picked me up right and made me feel like i you know that i was doing okay and it turned us to me being more positive uh be more attentive to what we need to work on because they uplifted me and now i now they're having success and now they're all successful like 22 year olds which is crazy and like now looking back at it and it's just like it's a it's a this coaching coaching is more than just just a game like there's so much to to life that you can use this sport for um and mold these guys to have help them hopefully be successful adults as well someday and uh that's that's the one thing that i really take away from the sport is like um being able to be a leader of young men and letting them help you and lead you to be a great adult as well that is so cool. And 19 years old too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's clueless. <laughs> I got a, I got a clue now, but yeah, it, definitely. <laughs> wow. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. That that's great. Yeah. Um, to wrap up coach, mm-hmm. I ask every guest, uh, this, this, well, it's not really a question, I suppose. I guess it's a, a platform I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it my like 60 second soapbox, so to speak. Uh, yeah. it's your platform to kind of get out a, 
final thought, a closing message, a final idea, just just something you want to leave the listener with. You can take it in any direction. It could be basketball related. It could be not basketball related. It's your your soapbox. And if you go over mm-hmm. 60 seconds, I'm not going to time you anyway. So <laughs> don't even feel pressured about that either. But I'm just going to go and uh, turn over the floor to you, coach. And uh, I'm going to just let you take it from here. Thank you, coach. And thank you for your time again. Um, You know, I, I, I kind of just let it, that was my last quote was kind of like a part of it, like use um this sport, use this sport to be uh, a mentor, someone that these guys can look up to on your team forever. Um, You don't want to be the coach that they talk, you know, talk bad about or like, oh, he didn't respect me, this and that. You don't want to end up being that kind of coach. You want to be the one that they call you or invite you to their wedding, which I've been invited to, or uh, their kid's baptism, which I've like mm-hmm. already gotten to and I'm young, younger, you know, so these guys are already getting to that age and you want to be the coach that did something f- to impact their life and use the sport to do so. So I just wouldn't get wrapped up in getting wrapped up in like, you know, how your this one season goes. I mean, obviously winning is crucial, obviously we're important, but it's finding the balance of like, making sure you're doing good for your community and for your, your students and your, your players. So um, that should always be the focal point, no matter, no matter what situation you go through. And um, secondly, too, using adversity to is a good teaching tool too. I know we, we don't have to put everybody in, in bubble wrap and, you know, Oh, what was me? Like, let's be able to teach these, teach these guys that adversity is going to happen. And in, in basketball, it's, if that's your first time going through it, it it's not going to be your last. So use that advantage, use that to your advantage and grow as a young man in our sport and young woman as well, if you're coaching uh, girls basketball. So that, that's my, uh, that's my two cents uh, on the uh, philosophical. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. That that's, that's really, that's really cool. Really, really, really thoughtful, really, really, really introspective too. And, and just like you said, to be able to go to the, uh, go to those, like the baptisms or the weddings or stuff like that. I mean, is there, there's, there's nothing cooler, I think, to know that like you made, that that level of an impact that like they still think about you <laughs> and, and right, right. think about you know the the drills you made them run or, or the basketball mm-hmm. things but actually all the lines like, they did. Oh, yeah yeah and <laughs> despite all that they still like you enough to want to uh invite you to all these uh, wonderful right. moments afterwards i i couldn't agree more how special that is that's really cool yeah. awesome coach uh thank you so much for coming on and talking talking some hoops talking about body positioning foot positioning all the kind of the nitty-gritty type stuff mm-hmm. that that makes uh basketball such a fun sport to to coach and to play and i know that uh there's a lot that i think you're still thinking about about this tournament that you just had <laughs> yeah. and probably a lot of uh things that that you still want to work on but it sounds like uh, you guys are going to have a, a really really good year really successful year and, uh, and a lot of good things are going to happen so coach Rhodes, really appreciate you coming on best of luck this coming season and it was a pleasure having you Thank you so much for having me. And uh, these guys, these guys will be all right over here and uh, good luck to you and your team this year, coach. And uh, I'll be trying to keep track of how you guys are doing and uh, cheering you guys on. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much also for all of you listening. This was another edition of the basketball teacher podcast, and we will see you guys next time.